Hey, Mostly Soccer Podcast listener. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the 65th episode of the Mostly Soccer Podcast. Today is Wednesday, June 5th at 7.18 p.m. sharp. My name is Michael J. Dalo, and I'm here with Jimmy. Jimmy what today? Jimmy Snooze Fest. Jimmy Snooze Fest. Interesting. It can only be one thing. Hmm. You want to take a guess? Was it the Champions League final game? Ding, 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 ding. Hmm. That's, that's a harsh beginning to the show, huh? It's a harsh, deserved beginning to the show. Wow. So we do have to talk about the Champions League final. We do. Of course. Um, and from there, we have some transfer news, mm-hmm. some USA under 20 news, yes. and I don't know, whatever else we might whatever stumble else, upon. Yeah, whatever comes to us. But let's not beat around the bush, Jimmy, because I just had a 45-minute discussion at my house about vegetarianism and something like that that I took no part in. I want to forget all about that, and I want to move into the soccer. I'm, I feel like my brain is it up rattled. Makes me have to ask. Well, my uh, brain's rattled right now. Your brain—they shook up your brain. Yeah, Eddie, like the smoothies that they drink as opposed to meat. Mm-hmm. Eddie and Brooke went back and forth for about forty-five minutes about how much they hate the meat industry. How it's all about greed. And I just—I didn't take let, part. Let me in. let me tell you a little something. I'm gonna. This is the one thing I'm gonna say on this. Every industry is about greed, especially FIFA. Especially FIFA. Oh, the greediest of them all. <laughs> um, but. All these, this veganism and everything, Mm -hmm. the reason that's getting pushed is because somebody's making money off that. That's all it is. Mm. Go look up your like organic food. How much more money does that cost to buy an organic banana as opposed to a regular banana? Which I would assume, since it's a banana, is probably (sighs) already organic. I don't want to have this discussion, Jim. We're not going to get into this. But I just want to let you know if they try to tell you it's all about greed, let them know. Every industry is about greed. All right. I'll keep that in mind for the next time that I have to avoid that conversation. Maybe that'll be a quick way to end it. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about the Champions League. We had Liverpool versus Tottenham Hotspur yes. in a 2-0 victory to old Liverpool. My predicted Champions League winner of yes. uh, the semifinal group stage. Mm-hmm. And that was um, before they had lost 3-0 yeah. to Barcelona. I had completely written them off. I called them loser pool. we both did predict them the well, win, I, mean, I think, at one point. We did. Um, but of course, um, we also did have the time where I called them loser pool. Yes. I you you might have motivated ra- them. I, I they got them the bump. The they got the bump. Yep. That's what happens if we ridicule you. You all of a sudden become incredible. Yeah, and that's why I really thought Tottenham had a good chance in this game because I was rooting for Liverpool. So I figured which, that was the kiss of death. Which everyone listening to this, you should boo Michael as a person. No, a disgusting no. individual ever rooting for Liverpool. I was between a rock and a hard place, right? Yep. So. I don't dislike Liverpool as a team. I don't know if I've ever said that on this podcast because we've been hated so much from Liverpool fans on multiple occasions. I've been cyberbullied by these Liverpool fans. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I I really like watching Liverpool play. I like Jurgen Klopp a lot. And some of the players are just excellent. I mean, Virgil van Dijk, if you don't like Virgil van Dijk, I don't think you're a fan of the game. Um but besides the point, I, I have to root for Liverpool in this game because for Tottenham to win, even though I don't really dislike Tottenham like a normal, um, maybe an English Arsenal fan would, 
Um, I mean, you can't have them winning because we still get abuse from Tottenham fans online too, and you still need to just be able to give them the trophy cabinet to put the pressure on trophy. And uh, it was what they won on Saturday. They won the the ultimate put the pressure on trophy. I don't. My problem is I don't even think they won that because I don't <laughs> think they put much pressure on. Um, this game, realistically, I, we joke about it being a snooze fest and all that. This game was ruined by a 30th minute rightfully called handball right decision a r in yeah (laughs) either way it was the right it was Uh, they didn't go to VAR. i think they did check it but they decided not the ref didn't have to really go review it himself in the end it was a right call yeah foolish defending by um sissoko just you don't you can't have your arm up like that in the book in the box i don't think that the liverpool player was aiming for his arm but if you're on that field, you should have been. You should have just kicked it right into his arm if he is being so foolish to defend like that. Yeah. Um, just he, a poor play. He was pointing at something. Yes, he was po- <laughs> he it, it was just a really bad it's pretty bad play all around. And just unfortunate that that completely changed the game. Yeah. And it's You say change the game 30 seconds in, but Liverpool then approached the game of defending counter. They, mm-hmm. Which I don't necessarily think Liverpool would have done if this, this was a completely level nil-nil game for a while. I think that they would have been a far more aggressive team. They weren't really the Liverpool we saw all year in this game. No, we They didn't. were far more, like I said, really defensive and hold pace. And it, it was a little different. Um, credit to Liverpool for being able to do that. Um, Tottenham did not create much afterwards. Um, they had a couple little chances here or there. Sideways passes. Yeah, some poor touches by Son. Um, yeah, I mean, he was really the only one who got in yeah. to decent positions mm-hmm. for Tottenham. And, I mean, overall, Tottenham were pretty poor. They were poor. I mean, comparatively to Liverpool, they had more possession. Yeah, than they I, had but that's what I mean. I don't really chances, think either but... team played that well. Yeah. Um, I think this is where you saw all the tweets and reaction of, oh, Ajax, Barcelona won such a better game and all <laughs> that. Which, look. Maybe so, but I don't agree with the idea of that because, I mean, okay, so, yeah, there's a lot of teams that would have been a better game than this, and they didn't deserve to be there. These two teams deserve to be there. Yeah, They won the games. They deserve to be there. I mean, something that I do want to point out is that a lot of these big games that we've seen Liverpool play this year, we've kind of seen them play this style where they'll grind mm-hmm. out a game and win 2-1 late mm-hmm. or you know, kind of squeak by or even tie teams in the yep. Premier League season. They did that a bunch mm-hmm. against Arsenal. Um, they had a close call against Everton. I think Chelsea, they tied at one point or they won a late goal. Yep. I know they had some wonder goals this season. Um, and we did get another wonder goal at the end of this game from the man. The statue. Divock Origi. I mean, the ultimate super sub. Liverpool should vote him player of the season over Virgil van Dijk at this <laughs> point. The man, I think he was like three for three on his shots during the Champions League. He's just fucking incredible. All he does is score big goals. Unai needs to sign him for $100 million. That was a tweet from someone that we got. I forget who it was. But, but uh, in the end, credit to Liverpool, credit to Jurgen Klopp, proving that he can win the big one, not a bottler in every final. <laughs> Found a way to win it. Tottenham um, still bottler. Liverpool win their sixth European trophy. The big one. Um, credit to them. <laughs> You're so disappointed. I'm not disappointed. I'm not disappointed. Credit to them. I do remember you saying at the beginning of the season you would have rather foregone the Premier League trophy for the Champions League trophy. I did say that. And my reasoning for that is because City have won. Yeah. Just last season they had won the Premier League. 
Whereas I, I question, I think if you ask a Liverpool fan, right now they'll tell you, oh, Champions League is the biggest trophy in club, you know, in club I mean, football. It is. Which it is, sure. But I think that if you ask them honestly, I think they'd say they'd rather have the league. So I'm, I'm still, I am a little annoyed in a way Salty. that it seems like City's historic domestic trouble is being overshadowed by this. Um, and it just it bothers me a little bit. But in the end, I'm happy for Liverpool. As I said to you, I think multiple times at this point, the best two teams in the world this season by far were Liverpool and Manchester City. And in the end, Liverpool are champions of Europe and Manchester City are the complete champions of England. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just, I, I think it's rightfully so. I, I think that they are the two best teams. Um, Liverpool showed that in the Champions League and City were able to defeat them in the league. Mm-hmm. So I think these were the best two teams. Yeah. It was an incredible season. Um, Tottenham, what a run they went on to make it here. Um, but in the end, this game kind of was a bit of a dud. It didn't quite live up to the hype, um, which I mean, I think is kind of a common thread sometimes with big games that they don't always live up to the hype. Last year's Champions League final was kind of lackluster too. I mean, yeah, outside of the bicycle kick. Yeah, outside of the bail bicycle kick. It was kind of like, it was a little disappointing in some ways. It it just seemed like in the last two Champions League, I think definitely in the last two in particular, we had two clear favorites that came into this game. It was Real Madrid over Liverpool. both times they won. And then, yeah, Liverpool over Spurs. And um, like you said, I mean, the early penalty, of course, changes the course of this game. Mm -hmm. I don't think Liverpool would have pushed so much as you might see them do in some of the games in the premier league um but more than they did in this game though yeah i guess so it it wasn't a boring game Mm -hmm. but it definitely wasn't like it wasn't memorable yes exactly outside of the uh the the streaker yeah (laughs) yep (laughs) the biggest moment of the The game love of my life (laughs) Uh, that was awesome though you never get to see the streakers run on the field and then the one time they finally let us see it it was a good one so (laughs) Credit to UEFA for yeah. that. I mean, they're almost forgiven for the Baku debacle. <laughs> almost, almost. Almost. But I think the one big talking point, which I think has been labored at this point, is Pochettino's decision to go with Harry Kane. Yeah. Um, over Lucas Mora. In the end, now, it's hard to blame Harry Kane, where there really wasn't much service to him. Um, But he was pretty much a non-factor in this game. Mm-hmm. And I believe if Lucas played, I think he would have just been more of a factor. I think Lucas, due to his athleticism and his form he's been in, would have been more involved in the game either way. And I, I just think it was kind of a mistake to go with Kane, which I think is a a mistake most people saw coming, which is why I kind of, and I don't want to, you know, second guess Pochettino. He's done a great job getting this team as far as he did. Um, but I don't, I think it shows that it kind of was a mistake. Yeah, we did say before the game that, starting Kane probably wasn't the right decision and I think we saw that it wasn't I mean we didn't see an early injury which we were probably Mm -hmm. most fearful of and I mean for Pochettino it's like how do you not start Harry Kane Mm -hmm. Mr. Tottenham Hotspur I mean one of the best strikers in the world how do you not start him if he's healthy but to sit the man who basically got you into Mm -hmm. the final Lucas Mora I mean it's just that's a bit rough it's mean and (laughs) And they did sell him on, but it felt like it was even, it, what was it, like 65th it was, minute? Yeah. It, was, it was still a little bit too late. Yeah. I mean, the way they were playing, it looked like, do the Unai Emery, sub him in at halftime. Half you got to make a change here. You're in the Champions League final, and Spurs weren't pushing hard enough. Yeah. They were content to kind of pass the ball around and 
keep possession, Mm -hmm. but you need goals to win the game, and they didn't do that. And I have one more point with this, and it will kind of rolls into our transfer. Christian Eriksen. Yeah. In the news today about, you know, it looks like he is seeking greener pastures at this point, a new challenge, I believe, as he put it. He was... If you told me he didn't play in this game, I would believe you. Because outside of the free kick moment where he had put on a good shot at goal, mm-hmm. I don't remember one moment from play where he was involved at all. He I generally a, don't remember one he moment. He pulled a classic Mezzarozzo. He was just... He was anonymous all game. We did see him not track back a few times. Like, kind of give up on a, on a run back. And, I mean, it, it's just like it's uncharacteristic yeah. of Erickson. Yeah, and I think he's had actually a pretty down season in general. I don't think he's been at his best this year. Comparatively Compar- to what Especially seen. after last year where he was incredible. Yeah. I don't think he had his best year. Um, and I think that that was really the issue of this game. Is I said before, I thought, you know, the strength Tottenham had in this game was that they had the superior midfield, mm-hmm. and they did not in this game at all. Erickson, like I said, was anonymous. Deli Ali was Deli Ali, which is you know he has some flair moments, and he did create a couple chances with that, but in general, not really much of anything. Um, Harry Winks was who is another player coming <laughs> back from injury, who me and Mike kind of fought about during the game because I I quite like Harry Winks. He's just nothing. He's and a nothing he player. Was, pretty didn't really bring anything to the table and Tottenham almost kind of circumvented their midfield most of the game and it was a lot of long ball a lot of ball out wide to Sun Mm -hmm. and just kind of it was I don't know it was very uncharacteristic a lot of these players and in the end just like we said kind of a dud a kind of sad way for the season and for what's been such a great season um but deservedly so I think Liverpool were the best team in the Champions League this year yeah um when you look at you know the the comeback they made against Barcelona to get there um, the way that they got out of the group almost barely in the end. Um, but in the end, I think it's deserved that they walk away with a trophy this season. Yeah, I, they deserve it. For them to not walk away with any silverware at the end of this season would have been a tragedy. Yeah. So thank God that they won something. And luckily for them, it was the biggest trophy that you can probably win. Um, but an incredible Champions League season. One of the best in recent memory, I'll say as far as upsets and comebacks and just storyline in general. So, um, I mean, I'm excited for the Champions League next year, but I'm way more excited for the Europa League, Jimmy. (laughs) As always, I like to watch my football on Thursdays. Um, But yeah, to lean into transfers a little bit, Christian Eriksen kind of wants out out of the blue. I mean, I hadn't heard of this at all. I have heard that he had been linked to... I think at the time it was Real Madrid, um, which I Real Madrid seems to be linked to everyone in creation this season. <laughs> I do think they need a big overhaul, and it seems like they're really spreading out their feelers everywhere. But I could, I think I could see Erickson leaving. Uh, I heard United earlier, maybe about a year ago, he had been linked there. Um, I could see it may be time for him to move on. Uh, I question where Tottenham goes from here. I, I thought if they had won this, it would have been almost like the perfect time for the band to break up in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I had talked about Pochettino, you know, winning the Champions League and moving on. Uh, I had said Kane, I didn't think would move, but I thought maybe Erickson and other players, like we had talked about Toby Alavild and players like that, this might have been their chance. So I really don't know where Tottenham goes from here. I think they should do what they can to hang on to Erickson, which I think they will, but I don't, think they're going to be able to keep I mean, when, him. I when, think they'll make the effort, a new contract, but I think 
knowing the way that they pay players, which I think comes down is the big issue, is that they do not play, pay what the other top teams pay. And it becomes really hard to hang on to talent when that's the case. When you see a player come out and start saying stuff like this, like yeah. it's time for a move. Yeah. And he said, he literally said, if Real Madrid say that we want Christian, he basically said something like, you know, I would be tempted. Something to that effect. I don't know the exact quote, but I mean, that's pretty worrying. And I think once you pass that threshold of a yep. player openly talking to <laughs> the media, you're you're yep. kind of in dangerous territory at that point. And it is crazy, I have to say, the the allure of Real Madrid is unparalleled. It really is. I mean, Barcelona is close, and they'll tell you, oh, it's the same. But it's really, when you hear players speak the most, at least the team I always hear, Real Madrid is thrown out, thrown out quite a bit. When you look at like Hazard, and you look yeah. at even Mbappe, you know, has kind of said over the years, like, oh, when I was a kid, I always dreamed of playing at Real Madrid. Like, mm-hmm. the allure is there. It is. Um, and speaking of teams who are potentially overhauling their entire squad, I don't want to get stuck on Arsenal like we did mm-hmm. last week. But... Well, I'm going to sidetrack you first before we get there, because I know right, you may get right, sidetracked. Right. We should focus on, when we're talking about Real Madrid, the fact that they secured what I think is an absolute steal of a transfer. Yeah, Jovic. Jovic from Frankfurt. Yep. For sixty million pounds. Seems cheap, doesn't it? It seems shockingly cheap for is he, I believe twenty two years old, maybe twenty three. I believe twenty two year old striker, who's a complete striker, mm-hmm. clinical finisher, very good with the ball, strong, athletic. I think he is the perfect replacement to Benzema, and I think uh, we may look back at this. In a year or two, and say, how did how did they get him for sixty million? Yeah, how you know how is he less than Romelu Lukaku? <laughs> like how is he less than Alvaro Morata? Yeah, like I, I really think that we're gonna look back at this and be shocked that they does got it, him for this price. Does it seem like prices are kind of falling back to equilibrium a little bit? Because we we kind of had a few years of like shock transfers, and now it's rumored that Hazard is gonna be leaving for almost like eighty eight million or something well, like that, and that seems reasonable. I think the reason for some of this, and Hazard specifically, is you have to look at the contract. Mm. There's one year left. So you're not... And I think that that's kind of where I think Chelsea are like trying to hold on for a better price. But at some point, you're going to just have to say, if we don't sell them now, we lose them for nothing. Yeah. So that's kind of where they're at with that. I mean, there's always going to be... The end, what it comes down to is, are you a Premier League team? Yes. Oh, you're going to pay 20% more than anybody else. Yes, that's true. So if you're not, then you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But um, back to Arsenal. Yes. So transfer news with them has kind of been all over the place. We've been linked to Munir from PSG. Uh, We've been linked to the Sam Pomodoria duo, Perret, and I forget the other guy's name, but we're trying to raid the Sam Pomodoria Mm -hmm. midfield. We want to connect them back with Torreya. Are you talking about Sampdoria? I, I don't like how you're saying yeah. it's bothering me. <laughs> Sampdoria? Sampdoria. Now, now I'm fucking no, self-conscious. No, 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 no. Sampdoria. Jimmy, you ain't Italian Sam, enough. Yes, I am. Sampdoria. I don't think so. <laughs> Sam Pomodoria. There's no, there's no O. Well. Or an M. Well. It's Sampdoria. No, I disagree. We'll agree to disagree. Um, but regardless, among um, these potential transfers coming in, Going for Quagliarella? Yeah, no, we're not going for him. I wish because he's incredible. Apparently, the top scorer. Yeah, an old man. We need to bring him and Gigi Buffon in. We need to whip this team into shape with some Italians, some classic old Italians. But Granite Jaka, rumored to be heavily linked to AC Milan right now, not AC Inter Milan. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like really strong rumors just kind of out of the blue of like he's gone basically it seems like um and Aubameyang to China has been a big one that's one that I kind of don't believe um but I could see Ozil obviously a player that Arsenal are trying to sell at this point it it definitely seems like that's going to be in the works um unless he's going to pull a Gareth Bale and just collect his paycheck but one of the big things about Xhaka and Aubameyang and Mustafi also too Mustafi also too also too I'm using all the conjunctions um their Instagram bios you, you get to take a look at those yeah well you you sent me Obama Yangs and he um, since replaced his yes he's back to Arsenal okay. he's safe again but Xhaka and Mustafi both out of the blue they take Arsenal out of their bio on Instagram it's like the low-key passive aggressiveness of these guys you yeah. think they're like 12 year olds well, I don't know if it's and that it's intentional. It's in, it's intentional. I think it's intentional by the you know their management and their agents, you know, doing what they have to do to uh, maybe secure a bigger contract. Secure, yeah, or, exactly. Play the game. Is but what it's I'll just call like it. you know what it does to the fans, right? And I guess if you're a player and you're looking to get more money, then it doesn't matter if a few fans are tweeting about you. But it it's just like when you see things like that, especially with Jaka at this point, it's like. This came from nowhere, and now he potentially might be leaving. And if you remember, he was one of the people that I said I would like to see stay at Arsenal. One of the very few people that I mm-hmm. that I said should actually stay. And um, you know, last week we talked a lot about who I want to get rid of, and it was basically everyone on the team. And last night I was thinking about it, and this is around eleven o'clock. I was dead in my bed, basically half asleep. And I'm reading Arsenal transfer news and I'm having a mental breakdown in my bed. And I literally wrote close to a paragraph here, Jimmy, oh about transfers. Oh God. I, I, need I don't know how this. coherent this is I because need I haven't this. I haven't read it since. Um, but basically the gist was I was feeling very sad about Aubameyang potentially leaving. The even man Mustafi, you tried to sell right? all year you right. tried to basically Listen, say it's even Mustafi. Time. When I when I saw that about Mustafi, I was like, it's obviously the best thing that could happen. And Lichsteiner too. Lichsteiner, I don't feel anything, um, any remorse for his leaving or sadness. But like Mustafi, you know, we got some good moments from him throughout the mm-hmm. years, scored against Tottenham. Um, and, and he did try for the club, sure. He was probably uh, a giant cancer for large portions of the time that he was here. But it's just like you get to know these guys, it feels like, through mm-hmm. games. You watch them all the time and through social media. And so like it feels a little bit sad. So I was thinking about that. So here's what I wrote, Jimmy. So I wrote, wanting players to leave your club is kind of like being in an abusive relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So when you have a fight or you, you lose a game, you're ready to throw it all away and you never want to speak to them again. But when it actually happens or it looks like it's going to happen, that the significant other may leave you or the player from your favorite club, you kind of stop and, and you say to yourself, is this really happening? And it's like, you kind of don't mean what you said. Like when I when I was talking about selling a Bamiang, I would sell Lacazette. It's like, you know, I was mad. I didn't mean what I said. You say a lot of things when you're mad that you don't mean. And, uh, you know, you see them change their bio. You see them be noncommittal. And it actually begins to hurt. It feels like a little bit of betrayal. Like, you know, when you were in middle school and your your girlfriend puts you on her Instagram or Twitter bio. And you takes you out. <laughs> yeah, and she takes you out. It's like, all right, well, this has become too real now. And now it seems like <laughs> it might actually uh, not be around forever. So, like, you know, no matter how much I slander these guys, Aubameyang for missing an open net, 
Jaka for passing across midfield with no regard. Um, it's just like these guys still kind of feel like you know them. And I think social media has played a huge part in that. And I know that this is an obscene rant at this point. But I want to put this into context because I've slandered Arsenal quite a bit in the past weeks. And I felt bad listening back to what I said about them last week. So I can seriously say that I love everyone who wears the Arsenal badge, Jimmy. Except Lichsteiner. Lichsteiner is the exception to the rule. Um, but even Mustafi. Like, and when you see these guys ready to leave the club or give non-committal answers, it, it hurts. You, you feel betrayed again. And I mean, no matter how much on the surface you might load these guys, it just, I'm here for it, Jimmy. I'm here for the good, the bad. And I don't want to see them leave now at this point. Now it's becoming too real. I'm, I'm summertime sadness. That's where yeah, I am. I, I, I was, that's a good way to put it. I was going to say you're just a big softie. I am that's a big softie, big right? I am very emotional. Big time softie. But I just feel, it feels sad. Like, I don't know, man. I, I, I need to see Mustafi put back on top after Arsenal won a game. The stupid fucking emojis. It just makes me feel good. And now that we might not be able to see that anymore, I, I low key sad. Oh, I think you're going to be high key sad because I think a lot of <laughs> some of these are going to happen. I'm not going to get any more ya yeah, gunners ya yeah, no, on I, Instagram from no. Mesut Ozil and his weird German accent. No, I think. Uh, well, I think losing Ozil would be the greatest thing that happened. Honestly. I know, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's obviously good for the club, but it's still. It hurts a little it bit. Hurts. It tears on the heartstrings. It hurts, right? I understand. Yeah. I understand. I don't know. I'm I'm excited for the incoming transfers, yeah. and I'm excited to see some of these guys go to see what we got for them. Yeah. But and with that, I want to say I am very excited for the transfer window to really start. You know, breaking a full swing here. We've had some, you know, move. We've seen Hazard, Thorgan, not Eden. Mm, the we've better seen, Hazard. Uh, we've seen Jovic, seen Brandt. We've seen some lower level players move around. I want to see. I want to see the big ones start to fall. I want to see some dominoes start to get shuffled up. I well, want to see where people. Yeah, dominoes shuffled up. That's good. Uh, I want to see some cards get shuffled up. I want to see where people end up. What's your big one? What's the big transfer that you want to see? Well, here? I think the big thing. See, I don't want to say Hazard because I don't think that sets a domino. I think that that's kind of a given at this point. It is. I think the big one that could really shuffle things up a bit is if Paul Pogba does move. Mm. I think that that sets, that sets the dominoes falling. Because if he does go to, say, Real Madrid. Or Juventus. Or Juventus. Wh- what happens next? Who do, Re- hmm. who do United go for? Like, what is their counter move to that? Where are they looking? Junior Hoylet. Junior Hoylet. That's, that's the first name that comes to mind. The guy from Cardiff, the Canadian. <laughs> just a random guy. That's what they've been doing this summer. It seems like they're trying to just bring in the most random, like, semi-young people. That's Ole's game plan. Just bring in weird guys from the lower leagues now. I, I don't quite think that that's the move <laughs> that, That's for. not a real assessment of the situation, but that but is, you know, kind I, of an interesting I, I'm point. intrigued to see what happens there. Um, I think that that could set some things moving. I do think um, I'm interested to see where where Joao Felix goes. Um, do you think he is leaving? I think he is leaving at this point, just because there's so many teams linked with him, um, and he has a release clause. 
It's there. It's a crazy release clause. What is it? I believe it's 106 million pounds. No way. They knew this game was going to be that good. Yeah, I guess so. I, th- I think it, I really do. I think it's like 120 million euros, so like 105, 106 million pounds about. Wow. It's 150 million dollars. Um, I think that uh, I if he goes, I think, you know, you've seen City linked. You've seen United linked. You've seen Real Madrid. You've seen all the teams you expect. I could. This is something I actually could see City doing, and it would be kind of against City's policy. City have never really. I mean, their biggest transfer of all time is Mara's last year, sixty-six million. They don't make the hundred million pound transfers. Don't try That's and paint them do. as the good guys. No, I'm not paying them as the good guys, but I'm saying their policy is. We're gonna make a shit ton of fifty million pound ones, and we'll have a squad that's yeah. really deep. It's unlike them to go for one big one, but I question if they were to make this. This may trigger the Leroy Sané move. This may you do you get what I mean? Like yeah. there's going to be a move that sets the dominoes. There has to be. There always is. There's mm-hmm. a Neymar move that then you know brings Dembele, which then brings Sancho to Dortmund. Like you know what I mean? Like there's the yeah. moves that roll, and I think we're. Something will happen soon, hopefully, and it'll kind of get it moving. I still think that because I think there's a lot of big names that may move. I think Gareth Bale will probably move. Uh, James Rodriguez now not staying terminated. At yeah, not staying at Bayern, so he's back to Real Madrid for now. Oh yeah. Um, I forgot he's still at Real. Madrid. Yeah, so it's like there's a lot of moving parts that mm-hmm. I think need to be settled, and I'm interested to see where they go. Where does Gigi Buffon land? Honestly. I'm thinking he ends up in like Japan or something like really? that. Really, I, I don't could see, see that him from with him. like any. I think that's at this point. I think he was an absolute disaster at PSG. He was horrible. I wouldn't say he was. A disaster, he was bad, Jimmy. I've heard. From, I remember seeing like hearing from one of the like the French writers for ESPN FC and a bunch of things, basically saying like he is so bad compared to Ari. Uh, was it Ariola? Yeah. And Ariola, I don't rate as a very good goalkeeper. He's okay. And they were basically saying, like, starting him, they were basically saying starting him was the reason they lost that game to United. He was a big part. And he was awful in that game. He was bad in that game. He, he's passed it. He's, I think, realistically, he should have retired last year. I don't think he, he wants to go Champions out League. now. I don't know if he wants to go out now after the season he had, where, you know, he didn't play that much and yeah. didn't play that well when he played. I think he probably ends up in a weird league. MLS. Or he could end up is, you know, I believe he came from um, Parma. In Italy, mm. maybe this makes his move back now that he's on a free. Maybe he takes like you know a cheap salary to go back. Uh, I I could see him either going to a small Italian team to you know finish out his career. Like I don't think he's going into the big boys. I don't think he's. I think his time at a big club is done unless he's willing to you know be a backup. Or if he maybe he makes that move. And I think most people expect this to be Kaylor Navas's move to Porto mm-hmm. after Iker Casillas is retired after his heart attack. I've also heard um, Kaylor Navas to PSG now. Well, maybe that happens. Maybe that moves Navas goes there, and then that Porto, because Porto, you know, Portugal's a good place for all the goalkeepers to continue their careers. You yeah. saw with Casillas, but um, I do think it's time Gigi maybe hangs up the gloves. Disagree. Uh, and I love Gigi, Dis- but agree. Perfect I- <laughs> Arsenal backup goalkeeper. Perfect cup goalie. Uh, we need another old goalkeeper to back up and teach Burnley all the ropes. You can have Claudio imagine Bravo. that duo. Burn Leno and Gigi Buffon. That'd be the most attractive goalkeeper duo to ever play the game. You want Claudio Bravo? No, we're good, actually. You can have him. No, we're good. Zach uh, Steffen, actually. Manchester City's Zach Steffen now, officially. 
Going to Germany. Yeah. Where was it? Um, Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf. Yeah, they believe they finished 10th in the league. Dusseldorf, So a pretty solid team. Mm -hmm. And he's going there to fight to be the number one there. So I am all on board with that. I like Zach Steffen a lot before he signed with City. And now I am. uh, I think this is a a move where he probably will never actually be the City goalkeeper. But he will probably go to Dusseldorf. Dumbledore. Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf. Whatever. Dumbledore. Sampadoria. Sampadoria. Dusseldorf. Dieseldorf. And he'll probably end up making a permanent move there or something in the future and make City some money in the process. Yeah. But, Dumbledore are going to be good this yeah. year. <laughs> Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore is going to have a great year. Yeah. Uh, we did get some Twitter questions today, though. Um, and one of them was our friend Jamar, Rob yes. Marcella, as he's known on Twitter for some reason. Uh, he said, just laugh at Maradona, saying that he's the man for United. Yes, I love that. <laughs> By the way, nothing would be more Manchester United than having him as their manager. If now. he ever manages a team like that, I will quit my job. And I will fly to Belgium or something. I will just show up and say that I deserve to manage a team. Because that would be the most ridiculous thing in all of sports history. Maradona doesn't deserve to be allowed in a civilization. He should be behind bars because he is a rabid drug addict. And he is a menace. I hate that guy. A menace. Absolutely hate him. Um, And then we got another question from the We Made It podcast. Which EPL team would be best fit for Neymar? Assuming he doesn't go to jail. Ooh. Sensitive subject Ooh. for Neymar. Um, um, well, which team would actually sign Neymar? Like, <laughs> actually do it? There's only one. Barcelona? No. EPL team, he said. Oh, oh. There's only one. Jesus Christ. I'm, it's United. United's the only one that would sign Neymar, yeah. I think. They're the only one who would make that move. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, where would Neymar... Think of Neymar the player. Mm-hmm. A lot of flair. A lot of ability doesn't like to do a lot of defensive work so he cannot go to a team where he's going to be required to do that so liverpool and city are out yeah because you have to work hard to play in those teams so the best two teams he's out he's not going to either one of them um i can't same with spurs spurs play that same type of style he's out there Mm -hmm. so really i think honestly i would have loved to see him in like a successful chelsea team like, if you could picture Ugh. a Hazard on one wing and Neymar on the other wing coming at you. Yeah. that Imagine that. That would be a, an exciting attack. We could have that at Real Madrid this year. Um, yeah. I also would say, honestly, your boys, in the Arsenal team, he would be that the thing that Arsenal has been missing for so long, that true star. Yeah. Like a true star that, like, like the old school Arsenal, where they had stars, Thierry Henry, mm-hmm. Dennis Bergkamp, Patrick Vieira, like stars. Yeah. I would, that would be if, I, and this doesn't really answer the question, because I, I do think that the, I think it's tough to say where he'd fit best, but where I would pick to put him if I could put him anywhere would actually be Arsenal. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I, just, just because he'd be like, yeah. he'd be the perfect solution to all of our problems. Yeah. Uh, I mean, imagine if Neymar ever went to Arsenal. Ooh, that would be nice. He'd probably be terrible. He'd turn into Mesut or something. The place he'd fit best, of course, is Brighton playing with Glenn Murray. Well, so that's the answer to the question. Well, that's that's what I was going to say originally, right? But you put two of the biggest stars on the planet yeah. on the same team, you wonder if they collide. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only place where he could play with a bigger star than Mbappe. <laughs> that's the, yeah, he was overshadowed at Barcelona by Messi, Over- PSG, Mbappe. And now Brighton, Brighton with Glenn, Glenn Murray. We've answered that question as best we can. 
Uh, and now we have a question from our friend Corey Andres. Hope I said it right again. He said, what is going on at Arsenal? Massive rebuild. Seems like everyone there is being linked somewhere else, kind of what we mentioned earlier. If we can reinvest in a smart way, I'm fine. But the way we've bought and sold in the past isn't reassuring. What do we need to finish top four next year, if that's even possible? Corey, it's possible. It's not only possible, it's going to happen. This, I promise you, Jimmy, I don't know what we can bet on it, but Arsenal are finishing in the top four next year. They're going to be in the Champions League after this next season. It's a guarantee. I'm not worried at all. Unai is revamping this whole squad. Get rid of the dead one. Get rid of Granit Xhaka. I might shed a tear over it. Get rid of Aubameyang. Sell them all. Um, no. What do we need? We need defense. Defense is the clear-cut, simple answer. We need a winger. We need Reese Nelson back, which he will be. Uh, Emil Smith-Rowe could be good, bringing him back. Uh, but in terms of signings, I can't put names to defensive players that I'd want to see come to Arsenal. I think Munir would be promising. But we need center backs. We need a left back. We don't really need another right back unless he can play out on the left. Um, Rob Holding, Bellerin, both going to be huge additions when we mm-hmm. get them back. Yeah. Let's not forget about them. And, um, I mean, I'm optimistic for this team because I know that Unai Emery has already shown that he can bring in very good players for a fair price, and I believe that he's going to do that again this well, year. My question is, this. I think the clear answer, like you said, is def- I think they need a, a strong center back. I think they need a left back as well. Yeah. Um, I think they need a strong center back. The problem is... Center backs are ridiculously expensive. You have for to a spend. Good one. You have to. We've if seen they Liverpool don't do spend it. the money, I don't think that they will get top four. So what they need to do, the answer is spend that money. Spend that. You know money. you got that money. Spend <laughs> that money. In the words of Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire, reference that's twenty years old. Show me the money. Show me the money. I like it. Um, and then we have another question from Justin. Deslorisers. I don't know. That's a D E S L A U R I E R S. Deslorisers. I don't know. I'll go with it. Close enough. A uh, fellow Arsenal fan. He wrote If Kashelny leaves, who should be Arsenal captain and who would you want to replace him? Well, Ooh, that's actually tough. Mm, I think it's tough. Uh, Arsenal captain, who do I think it would be? Who do? Yeah, who do you think it would be? Socrates. I think we saw Socrates this year kind of like take over that team a, a few times. It's the like guy a, who's been there for I, exactly. one year. I, I have an issue with that. I have an issue with it too. Like That's who that's I, like when James Miller went to Liverpool and was captain within two months. But when I he mean, first went there, it, it drove me crazy. Guys who have seniority like that, who are proven leaders everywhere they go, I mean, they kind of just they come in and they earn it. And I mean, if you look at Arsenal, who's, who's really going to wear it? Uh, I know Granite Jaka, a lot of people wanted to see that, and I think I'd be okay with that. But now, amid him rumors of leaving, yeah. um, I don't know. And we've seen Jaka kind of battle I mean, for Arsenal and then yeah. throw fits in different games. It's a tough question. I don't know. Maybe I don't really know Arsenal well enough to say it couldn't be Socrates. And I am one of the people who don't really like having a goalkeeper or a forward. Yeah. Um, Lacazette strikes me as someone who could be a captain. He strikes me as someone who he's a lead by example type of player. He I've never seen a game where he doesn't try hard. Yeah, except the um, Europa League final. But I, I don't think he he did. I, I don't think trying <laughs> know, was the issue. The, you know what I mean? Like I think he is a player, but he again he doesn't start every game. 
Yeah. If Obama Yang stays, they won't play every game together. So, mm-hmm. and I, it's always tricky where you have a captain. I mean, some when you go on with that, when you have older players, it makes sense. Like when you know, like company this year was City's captain, but he didn't play every game. Yeah. So then you know Fernandinho, Silva, whoever else, that makes sense. But regularly, you want your captain to be someone who's generally going to play most games. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess maybe Socrates is a good show. I do believe. Usually, you know, it's either a center back or a uh, usually a defensive style midfielder who usually wears the armband. I mean, that those are your leader type of players, and that's those are positions where you know talking and being vocal is a big part of that role. So that tends to make sense. Um, I just I would be surprised. It would look, seem weird to me if the captain of Arsenal was uh, Socrates Papadopoulos. I mean, it, if I had to put a bet on it. That would be where you put the it, I'm I'm saying like I'm 75 yeah. percent sure it would be him. Well, I actually I haven't I know someone I think it would be if they're still there. But, Nacho Monreal. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. he's still there, I think he if he's and I don't necessarily know if he's going to be, but I would not be surprised if it was Nacho Monreal. Yeah, I I do love Nacho Monreal. He's a player who's served the club very well for many In years. Multiple positions. Yes. And, you know. He, yeah, exactly. Like you said he's been a good servant to the club for yeah. a long time. You know, it could be Mustafi too if he's there. <laughs> it could. Be, it really that's could. Gonna, generate, that's going to be Arsenal next year. <laughs> Mustafi club captain. I'm still waving our top four flag. It's just going to be a debacle. Um, I mean, I'd love to see like a Hector Bellerin take it, but I don't. I think thought he's of that, but I just don't think he's the guy no. for that. No. Just his outfits and clothing choices alone question him being a leader. <laughs> How dare you, Rob Holding? Rob Holding is the ideal answer. Yeah. Rob Holding is a man. He is just a perfect 10 as right. a human being and as a player. All right. I'm going to move us on from this with a couple quick hits. Go ahead. One, looks like Sari is going to be leaving Chelsea. Arriva Darcy. Probably for, <laughs> probably for Juventus. Basically saying, you know, us Italians, it's the, the call of the motherland was basically what he said. You he know, wants to go. It's he wants obvious. to go home. Um, when you're in Chelsea was enough to break the man. I mean, can you blame um, him? But I saw a good tweet about this, and I don't remember who it was to credit it, but basically said, Sarri is going to go into Chelsea, face nothing but adversity from the players and the fans, leave with a trophy and on his own accord. Yeah. And how many managers have actually done that? Yeah. So that goodbye him. White. It may have been. And, and goodbye him. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, not goodbye, but goodbye too. <laughs> um, and then another quick hit, Jose Mourinho. Arsene Wenger doing the pregame post match mm-hmm. um, for the Champions League final. I watched this yesterday. We don't, we didn't watch the game being, so we we didn't see it live. But what it was some really good analysis. And um, what I was gonna say is, and I've seen this with Jose lately. And you know, I'm not usually the biggest fan of Jose the person. I think as a manager, he is a great manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but. The idea of having such great minds actually breaking down teams and talking about what it's like in those games yeah. is always so insightful, so entertaining. Mm-hmm. And these two together, two have not always been on the best of terms. They were so good together. They played off yeah. each other's strengths. It was really entertaining to watch. I felt like I learned a lot listening to it. And I just was like, I really enjoyed that. And I, I hope we see more of them. And I hope we see more of other managers who, you know, go on breaks or walk away from management mm-hmm. doing this. 
Yeah. Like, I, you can't tell me it wouldn't be interesting to see, like, a Jurgen Klopp, Pep Guardiola breaking down a game before. it. Like, yeah. that doesn't have anything to do with their teams. Like, getting their insight and how they're viewing it would be really interesting to hear. Yeah. You know who needs a podcast? Jose Mourinho yeah. and Arsene Wenger. Right? Like, uh, how great would that be? <laughs> they put us right out of business. We're, we're in the same bracket as those guys with soccer minds yes, right exactly. now, right? exactly. In payroll. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, those two are, they've been awesome in the small clips that I've seen from them. I mean, ideal replacements for that ideal. fucking Bleacher Report crew that they got going now. Um, you, I think, you know what time it is, Michael? Something we haven't done that? in a while. I think it's time we read a review. Oh, that's what that little hand yes. gesture you gave So that was, that was my hand gesture. Confused so. the shit out of me. And, and if anybody else, we've mentioned this before, we are going to start reading the reviews on the podcast. Jimmy, don't we promise that because we don't we don't do we it. We need to get them first for us to actually read them. <laughs> we did get um, a new one. So as you leave them, five stars only. You can say whatever you want with the five star, but we will read five star reviews only. Yep, we got a review on May twenty sixth from Dark Mark four twenty. Love the name first of all. Four twenties love us. Anyone, yeah, I was just like, why are we <laughs> I mean, Dark Mark 420. I think we're doing the wrong type of podcast. We're going to switch it off. Hey, man. It's mostly <laughs> soccer, dude. No. Um, and it says, MB approves. Love listening to this every week. Came late for it and pretty much listened to all the episodes. Your boy approves. And I'd love to talk soccer soon. Ooh. He's going to reach out. We don't know who you are. I do know who this is. I'm oh, pretty do you? sure, yeah. Oh, I think sure. I went to school with them. Pretty sure I know. Who this. 95%. 95 Um. So thank you for that review. And it was five stars for those of you wondering. Um, we do appreciate the reviews and we need them. I live for them. I check every day to see if that he number does. goes up. He does. So you, you can make Michael smile. So when he's sitting there in his bed crying <laughs> over the fact that Granite Shaka <laughs> has decided he'd rather live in Milan than London, yeah. you can cheer Michael right up. Yep, that's true. Um, but what else, Jimmy? What else is on our docket? Well, the USA? I think, yes. I think we have to basically kind of, you know, wrap this show up with some exciting news, which is the U-20 World Cup, which we haven't talked about at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the knockout round. And the good old U.S. of A came up against France. France. A powerhouse team. France. Filled with... Players from Fran. all around some of the biggest teams in the world. And mostly from. And mostly from. <laughs> uh, and the U.S. were able to pull a late winner in the 83rd minutes from a local lad. Yeah. Justin Rennicks from the New England Revolution. He probably knows Gabriel Somi. I bet he does. Left back. <laughs> I bet he does. The best left back in the world. Um, And a 3-2 result for the U.S. after two goals from, I believe it's... Uh, I want to get the right Sebastian Soto. Mm-hmm. And I am just so excited to actually see a U.S. team showing up, fighting above their weight class, doing what they have to do, showing that American grit, that heart, the determination. And I am very proud of this team to do that. I hope they continue to go on their run as they move to the quarterfinals. And it's just it's great to see. And also, it's great to see when you look down this team, this U20 team, and you look at and see Cohn, Benfica, Ajax, Hanover, Bayern Munich, Freiburg, Hanover again, Barcelona, PSG, Wolfsburg, 
Mm-hmm. New England Revolution. Woo. You used to see all great top quality clubs <laughs> that New these England players Revolution. represent <laughs> in the New England Revs. Uh, but it is great to see. And it's also good to see after, you know, they lost their first match 2-1 to Ukraine. And then since then, 2-0 win over Nigeria, 1-0 win over Qatar, and a 3-2 win over France. And they move on to play Ecuador on the 8th. And I just want to say I hope I wish nothing but luck to this team. Very excited to see them going to run. And I think results like this at the youth level really do impact teams as they move forward. I I mean, you just see it constantly. Like, having a good youth system at least sets you up to succeed. Now, it doesn't guarantee it. I mean, you look at a lot of some of the, the African teams and even the Ukraine quite often have this great success at youth level that doesn't always translate. But they, it definitely doesn't hurt to beat France in a, in a World Cup. Yeah. So, congrats to them. Um, I hope that they continue to move on. And I hope that this result, as it's done for me, makes people interested in the U.S. national team again, who are actually playing as we speak against Jamaica. And I just saw uh, – I'm excited to actually care about this team and want to watch them because I think, you know, missing the World Cup really – I mean, I think it, me and you, Michael, we, we never missed the U.S. games before. We no. used to watch them all. And now it's like, they killed uh, my who spirit. cares? Yeah, it, it, they really did. And um, I just hope that this is the beginning of uh, turning the page. 2026. Yes. We're coming for you. 2026 when glory happens. <laughs> but we need to make a t-shirt. 2026 when glory happens. <laughs> I like that. Um, but, Jimmy, I think we've come to the end of our show. And I need you to hit them with the plug. Yes. As always, Twitter, Instagram, at Soccer Mostly. Email, MostlySoccerShow at gmail.com. We've already talked about the five-star reviews. We will read yours if you leave them. And we thank you. We wish you have a great week. Reach out to us on Twitter. Let us know what you want to talk about next week as we move into the off season. Never leave me, Granite Jaka.